depending on your frame of mind right now, um, you may be feeling really good about that, but think about it beyond your family. Who is there? Secondly, we ask, who cares enough about your life and how you finish that they care enough to confront you? In other words, they care enough about your life and how it ends, how it comes out. They care enough that they're willing to confront you. And then we ask, whose spiritual development will be hindered when you die? Whose spiritual development will be hindered when you die? Now, hopefully, um, these questions are answered with the immediate family. I mean... We're worse off than we think if if we're not. But can we go beyond that? When you die outside of your family, whose spiritual development will be hindered? Outside of your family, is there anyone that that uh, you have a relationship with that is willing to confront you about something that looks like it, it may be going the wrong way? These are, are very important questions that we need to think about and, and make conscientious decisions. Okay, what am I going to do about it? Especially in light of the fact that we mentioned this morning that we are created with a desire for relationships, but relationships are messy and difficult and hard, and life is hard, and and we're in that tension between desiring relationships and, and no, I'm not going to, and no, this isn't worth it, and the need for that tension to bring us to Christ, to establish that relationship with Him so that He equips us to have a relationship with others. And it's not just Christ and I. It's Christ working through me to the family of God and to the people that God brings in my life. So what we're talking about here tonight is, is mentoring. It's being mentored. It's lending a hand to someone. And although the word mentor does not appear in the Bible, we find it the idea of it clear throughout the Bible. We find examples of it that Jethro mentored Moses, that Eli mentored Samuel, Elijah mentored Elisha, Jesus mentored the disciples. Paul mentored Timothy and Titus and, and others. And, and we find Paul, for example, saying, You be a follower of me in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, as I am of Christ. That's really the heart of a mentor. He wasn't, 
um, demanding their praise and worship that you bow down to me. He was saying, I am coming alongside, I am sharing my life with you, and as I am following Christ, I want you to follow in those steps. He said basically the same thing in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 9, in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 7, and, and we find throughout the Bible, Ecclesiastes chapter 4, where he says a two-stranded cord is stronger than a single strand, and a three-stranded cord cannot be broken. And he's making the application that standing alone, we can be broken, so to speak. But as, as we have others in our lives, iron sharpens iron, Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen says. So a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. Um, Hebrews chapter 10. We were reminded of this Wednesday night in the study we were going through that, that it is to provoke us, to encourage us, uh, one another, to love and good works. Someone has defined mentoring as a brain to pick, a shoulder to cry on, a push in the right direction. Now, Every one of us um, at various times in our life and throughout all our life need a push in the right direction, an encouragement, a hand to help us get up. So tonight I want us to look at how to mentor and then the characteristics of a mentee. And I thought, is that the right terminology? So I went to the all-knowing, all-inclusive Google, and I, I typed in, what is, what is the proper terminology for someone who is mentored? And they said it could be a mentoree, a mentee, or a protege. Well, I know the protege stuff, but I just didn't like that because it sounded like a foreign language, okay? And mentoree is too confusing with mentor, so I just went with mentee, okay? You call it whatever you want, as long as we both know what we're talking about, okay? So first of all, and tonight, this is where we're going with this, Um, those of you that say, you know, I'm willing to be a mentor. There will be a sign-up sheet on the back table. Those of you that say, you know what, I'm, you might sign both sheets too. I'm willing to be a mentee. Now, we're not going to assign this person will be your mentor because you'd say, oh, no. The one person that rubs me the wrong way, I see signed up to be a mentor, and I signed up to be a mentee, and that's not going to work. No. We can't force any of this, okay? But we can um, be instrumental in if someone really wants to be involved in a life, or someone wants some help and desires that, um we want to provide that. 
So tonight we want to try to, and this is all in follow-up of Sunday morning, we want to try to kind of paint a little picture of what's involved in mentoring, what's involved in being a mentee, and this is involved in loving one another, of being involved in each other's lives, and to be quite frank, in Christianity we haven't done a very good job of this. This is the personal aspect of the Christian life. To be a mentor, number one, you must be genuine. Notice we didn't say you must be perfect. I mean, you, you're, you desire to model biblical principles, and you're genuine in your pursuit of that, but there's no one that's perfect, and, and it's not, well, I can't be a mentor because I, I don't have everything together. Um, Jesus Christ had everything together, and he's the only one that did. But you, you have a desire. This is my desire to walk in these biblical principles, and, and it's being honest about these are my strengths, these are my weaknesses, but it's be genuine. It's, it, it doesn't matter if they show up at work on Tuesday or in your home on Sunday morning before church, or in church, or wherever it is, that you're genuine, that you're authentic, that you're real, wherever you are. Secondly, to be a mentor, you learn together. It's not a one-way street. And in learning together, this means investing time. Learning takes time. So... We could have broke this down into a lot more, but we're keeping it pretty simple as an introduction here. But learning takes time. That means you're going to have to sacrifice some things from your life to make time. And um, learning means that we are learning this together. Some things I've already been through as a mentor, and I can help you with, with what I did wrong or what I did right, but there are other things that we're going to walk through this together. Number three, you share from your personal experience. Share real life experiences, your successes, your failures. You are there to guide. Guides are people who have traveled the path before. They've learned something along the way and are willing to assist another traveler. So it's um, being willing to open up your life and say, you know, this is something that I learned through this experience, and I learned it the hard way. And I'm sharing this with you so that you don't have to learn this the hard way. And this is something that God led me in and learning this principle, and um, this is how it turned out well. But it's, it's a willingness to share from our failures, from our successes, from our life. So it requires humility. Number four, it is important to lead the mentee not to a dependence on us, but To the Bible, God is the ultimate source of all wisdom, 
And, and nowhere do we want to lead people to have a dependence on us. We want to lead them to a, a dependence on God. Paul said to Timothy, the things that you have heard and received of me commit to faithful men who are able to teach others also. So it's not, I'm going to get you dependent on me, Timothy, and then you go get others and have them dependent on me. It is, we want them to learn to walk with God. And our only authority is the Word of God. I mentioned sharing from our own experience in relation to the Word of God. Experience is no standard for truth. The Word of God is the standard for truth. So we lead them to the Bible for answers. It is important if you are a mentor that you receive all questions and give all counsel without condescension or without condemnation. I mean, in understanding that we're, we're in this together, signing up, there's a danger on, again, it's such a delicate balance. Um, oh, I have something I can teach somebody. Oh, really? Probably not humility, right? There's the danger. I have something I can teach somebody. Then there's the other side of the pendulum. I don't have anything that I can teach anybody. No, it's, it's understanding that God desires us to have relationships, what we we're talking about today. And it's not condescending, oh, I'm willing to come down and lend a hand to you poor, miserable little kindergartner. Hopefully someday you... No, we'd never say that, but it's easy for us to have a condescending or a condemning attitude. Number six, being an encourager and helper. You are not here to fix every problem in the mentee. You are helping to get one step closer to the Lord. Encourage them. So they stumble and fall. You know, it's just like, it's just like when, when you um, teach a kid to walk or to ride a bike. Or, or we had, um, uh, Andrew and Shayla had Emery and Cora out ice skating the other day. And those of you, the first time you ice skate, you're out there and, and you're going like this, you know, and boom, boom, down you go. Good job. You're encouraging them. You're helping them. Okay, this is how you do it. Yeah, see if you can make it to daddy. Okay, yeah, good, good. When's the last time you heard something like that among we as Christians? We're all these little islands that aren't providing encouragement and aren't building up. And it's understanding, okay, provide encouragement, provide help. We want, to, we want to get them skating. We want to get them moving. We want to be an instrument that helps to that end. And number seven, trust God. Trust God for wisdom. Trust God for grace. And trust God for results. Because you will have individuals that you invest in that it will look like it did no good at all. Nothing good came of it. So forget that. I've tried that. That's not going to work. No. Aren't you glad God isn't that way with us? 
how much has God invested in us? And many times over, he could have said, well, it didn't look like that did any good. And so it is. It's trusting God. God, I need wisdom. I don't have the answers, and I am trusting you. God, I need the grace to respond to this. And God, I'm, leave, I'm trusting you. I'm leaving the results. You want me to, to pursue a relationship and, and build and invest in and help and encourage. And I don't know what the outcome of this will be. You see, when you're a mentor, you're vulnerable. But you end up trusting God with it. Characteristics of a mentee. Number one, there has to be a desire to learn and change. And it's important, those two things. There are people that learn that never change. It does no good to learn something if you don't implement it in your life. Knowledge puffs up. But to learn and change. So that means you need to be able to ask questions. I'm, I'm amazed how many people um, do not even know how to ask questions. You run into people and to try to carry on a conversation. A conversation is usually dependent on questions. And have you ever been in a conversation and you walked away and you said, you know, I asked this and I learned this and I asked this and I learned this and I asked this and I learned this. But did they ever ask a question? To be a mentee, you need to be thinking, okay, what is it I I need to learn? What is it that that is in their life? How can I pull out from their life? How can I um, learn from them? And the desire to learn and change, you must have the courage to try new things and fail at them. Because that's how you grow. You must have a commitment to honest transparency. It's not, oh, everything's going fine. No. A commitment to honest transparency that, that um, no, this is where I'm struggling. Yes, this is where I'm doing well, but this is where I need help. A mentee needs to be willing to listen. If you ask questions, you better listen. And listen with making application. And then, number four, it's take personal responsibility. I am the one that is responsible for what's going on in my life. I am the one that's responsible for how I responded to this situation. I'm not going to make excuses. I'm not going to blame others. I'm going to take personal responsibility And a mentee needs to have flexibility. To be able to adjust their schedule, to be able to, yes, I can can adjust things here so that I can learn and be exposed here. See, 
God so loved the world, that's people. It's not a globe, it's not the earth, it's not, it's people that he loved. An old Chinese proverb says, if you are planting for a year, plant grain. If you are planting for a decade, plant trees. If you are planting for a century, plant people. And you know, God isn't really concerned about all our projects. He's concerned about people. And whose spiritual development will be hindered when you die? Whose lives are you investing in? And whose lives can you learn from? What can you learn from from the people God's put in your life? And are you conscious about it? Are you committed to this? You don't, we don't have to set up this program. You can find your own mentors. If, if you need help, we're willing to help. And that's why we mentioned these sign-up things. But to find your own mentors. I want to learn. I don't want to make the same mistakes that other people have learned. Experience is the best teacher. That may be true, but it doesn't have to be personal experience. You can learn from someone else's experience. And that's the best way to learn it. I've found out that doing this does not turn out so well. Oh, that person said that. You know, a few weeks ago... um, down in the men's Sunday school class, we had some of the men say some of the important lessons that they'd learned. And a couple of them said, told about when God really burdened them and convinced them that they need to honor the Lord with their tithes. And again, I'm not saying this because God has been abundantly, I'm just using this as an illustration. You know what? Everyone that had any sense, these were elderly gentlemen saying this. And years ago I learned this, and I have never lacked, and God has provided abundantly. And they went on and on about how this, anybody sitting there should have said, whoa, I'm going to learn from experience. I know God's Word teaches it, but now this person's, hmm, See, we all ought to have a learner spirit. I, I can remember, I can still picture it in my mind, Castle Rock Camp in the Gallatin River Canyon in Montana, standing by a, by a cabin, and here's a gentleman that had been a pastor. I thought he was pretty old then. I think he was 70. That doesn't seem so old to me anymore, Okay. And I can remember him standing there and saying, I was in my late 20s. And he stood there and he said to me, one of the things I regret. And tears started streaking, streaming down his cheek. He said, one of the things I regret is I didn't take time for my kids. I was involved in the ministry. And it was like God put a neon sign up to me and, and it said, 
don't you be one that stands when you're 70 years old. I don't know if I'll be able to stand when I'm 70, okay? But don't you be one that when you're 70 years old, you're standing with these regrets over this. This is a message to you. This is a mentor that's come into your life. Pay attention, and God knocks on this hard skull. You know, God wants us to learn. But we need to be more conscientious about learning and about teaching. The Bible is full of examples of mentors. That's God's design. So we ask again, whose spiritual development will be hindered when you die? We want to give you an opportunity, if we can help. I mentioned the sign-up sheets. But, um, you know, what are you going to leave? What kind of legacy are you going to leave? We mentioned recently, and we visited with someone today, Two generations from now, all you, all you will be is a few letters on a tombstone. That's it. Unless you invest in people's lives. We're going to go to prayer. Um, go to prayer for our nation tonight. Um, if there's ever a time when we need mentors, it's now. And in case you haven't noticed, there's another... Wake-up call to America, the most conservative, the most like-minded Supreme Court justice died this week, last night. And um, he was, I thought of this, he was one that was used of God to hold back evil. Literally. And now it's, it, it, it was a 5-4, now it's a 4-4 and a new justice will be appointed. I told the men in Sunday school class, I said, man, when I heard that last night, it was like, oh, man. And then I had to come back and check myself and say, wait a minute, God's in control. He is in control. But we need to be crying out to God for mercies and um, direction, and um, we are at We are at critical, critical times in our nation.